that's when Arkansas and Oklahoma and Kansas was one district. Now you'll have to go back a long ways to remember that. But I got my local license to preach when Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Kansas was one district of the United Pentecostal Church. So I'm really well at home. Praise God. Glad to see all of these ministers and friends and uh, some that we've known for many years. And I don't want to start calling names, but I'm afraid I'll miss some. But thank you again for your kind invitation to come. Out there in the crowd is my good wife. I'm sorry that we will not be able to sing. <clears throat> Uh, due to the condition of my throat, not hers. Uh, she can sing and talk and sing and talk and keep on singing and talking. Amen. Praise God. Sister Beckton, stand. Amen. Sister Margie Beckton. All right. Amen. She has come along and we'll have her up here sometime doing something. Amen. But she don't have to come up here to dance. Amen. She'll just get out there with all y'all and have a great time. Praise God. Praise God. Summer has been long and hot and we need rain. I mean we need physical but we want that spiritual rain. And I think you have come this very first night with the greatest enthusiasm that I have witnessed in the first night of any camp meeting. However, all over everywhere, it has been a tremendous time because I feel that the nearness of the Lord is so at hand that we are getting in shape, really getting in shape for His soon return. Praise God. Praise God. I'm not going to take up a lot of time in the preliminary remarks, we'll get to preaching here, but uh, uh, I appreciate so very much this accordion. I kind of feel lost when I, I don't have a, an accordion around and some great friends and some longtime friends, wonderful people have brought this accordion here and I'm going to use it tonight. Praise God, praise God. And uh, you just give me kind of time to acclimate to, to the weather, to the dust, and, and uh, to everything. And we'll get going here in a few minutes. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say praise the Lord. I'm going to play an old hymn of the church. It, it's, it's, it's a real classic. And if you've ever heard me play anywhere, I've always played it. But it's something that we must do. We've got it to do. We left behind in Nashville, Tennessee, many, many needs. In fact, to some near the point of death 
And there's a lot of things that I need to talk to the Lord about. Not a, th a lot of things that you're going to need to talk to the Lord about. And you brought problems with you and you left some back at home. But we can never, never, never tell him enough. He never gets tired of listening. May God bless this old, old hymn of the church. I must tell Jesus. song we're blessed we're blessed we're blessed we are blessed you know that how many of you oh. we're blessed we're blessed we're blessed we are blessed we have shelter clothing health and strength and we're blessed oh we're blessed we're blessed we're blessed we are blessed we don't deserve it, but yet we are blessed. Now, I know that from a different part of the country, I'm probably singing it entirely differently than you sing it. Amen. Everybody sings choruses different, but let's sing it again, will you? We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed, we are blessed. We have shelter, clothing, health, and strength, and we're blessed. Oh, we're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed, we are blessed. We don't deserve it, but yet we are blessed. Oh, we're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed, we are blessed. 
We have shelter, clothing, health, and strength, and we're blessed. Oh, we're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed. We don't deserve it, but yet we are blessed. Preacher, of course, every minister delves into it a bit. And I understand we have a day Bible teacher who is very, very accomplished in prophecy. And I think when you hear him and when you listen to the word, you're going to know that time, time is running out. Time is running out. So without any further delay only to say again it's just great to be here happy for the presence of the lord want you to continue to let god have his way if you've never seen me before well uh, look me over real good and uh, know that uh, my looks uh, are deceiving amen praise god and uh, you'll understand probably better a little later on what I mean by that because I have been numbered with the, the uh, dignified and the s stuck up <laughs> and the, uh, I guess, proud, I don't know. But anyway, I'm none of that. Amen. Praise God. Just a child of the King. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 So tonight, uh, God bless all the ministers, the pastors, the workers that are here. And the district has grown so tremendously. Uh, I, I don't recall just a total number in 1971. Nine years ago, you were not nearly this large. And uh, we had a lot of vacant places. And you have grown under the wise and capable leadership of your district superintendent, those before him, and uh, the board and all the churches. If you have your Bibles, I want to turn to the book of Ezekiel, the 46th chapter and the ninth verse. Thank you for reverencing the word. Ezekiel 46 and 9. But when the people of the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feasts, he that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. And he that entereth by the way of the south gate shall go forth by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in. 
he shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in. And as it's been so truly stated, the word does not need the anointing. It's already anointed, but I need it. So will you bow with me in prayer? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, God. And we ask you to move and to bless in this first service continuously, right through to the end. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of the Lord. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. Three days from today, I will have a spiritual birthday. I will have had the baptism of the Holy Ghost for 40 years. 40 years. And just so you will not wonder how old I am, I was 11 years old when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 40 years has not diminished my awe, my reverence, my zeal, I trust, and my need for every single service. I'm here to tell you tonight that Pentecostals, every service does something to or for you. Whether it's Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, it has to do something to and for you. The writer said that when you go in to worship before the Lord in the solemn feast, he that entereth in by the way of the north gate shall go out by the way of the south gate. In other words, come completely through. In those days, the temple faced east. Back of the temple was west. North was to one side and south to the other. If you come in by the way of the north gate, you must go all the way through, he said, and go out by the way of the south gate. If you should happen to come by the way of the south gate, you go all the way through and go out by the way of the north gate. And there was a reason for that, because everything was centered. And you missed not only the central part of the temple or tabernacle, you missed the altar, the brazen laver, and the beautiful 
things that was in the center. And so you had to come all the way through and go out a different way than when you came. Now, tonight I know that we are not facing east, perhaps, and we are not prone to have the set up as the temple or the tabernacle. But let me tell you something. If you leave this service tonight in the same frame of mind and the same attitude and the same burdens or problems, you have not done anything. Amen. One of two things happens to us in any given service. I don't care if it's just a handful at prayer meeting. One of two things happens to us at any given service. We either climb higher to a different plateau in God or we lose a little bit and go downward. We are either blessed or we are unblessed. Now you can do whatever you want to do in this service tonight, but I'm going to go all the way through. I'm going to go all the way through. Praise God, because there's some things right down here that I don't want to miss. If I came in that gate and turned around and went out that gate, I would have missed everything in the central part. Let me tell you something. We preached the Colorado camp last summer and at the on the last day of the camp, they asked me to preach an ordination service. And I preached to ordain several ministers the urgency of reaching the lost, the urgency of our ministry. Oh, I had a particular title for it. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I might want to preach it here. Amen. But anyway, I preached. I noticed that one of the pastors began weeping shortly after I began my message. And he wept and wept and wept. When the message was concluded, there was a supernatural message of tongues and interpretation. And uh, the tongues and interpretation was somewhat on this wise, you will be changed. Where once you laughed, you will weep. And when that statement came forth, that young pastor began to sob. Where he one time was weeping, he was now sobbing. And the message continued and said, that that you know needs to be done should be done within the matter of hours or it cannot ever be done 
and he just fell in the floor sobbing. I didn't know what, what his need was. He wasn't one that was being ordained. He was already ordained. But we was called back in this past winter time to a ministerial retreat in Colorado. This minister came up to me and he said, I gotta tell you something. I said, tell it to me now. He said, you remember that last day? I said, yes. You remember that I wept and sobbed? I said, I remember. He said, I want to tell you something. Just two or three weeks before that camp meeting, in a Sunday morning service, one of my young men, having had the baptism of the Holy Ghost for seven years, member of my board serving also as an usher he had finished his ushering duties and sat down near the back and he said I preached there was a sweet move of God I noticed a cynical look came across his face and then a smirk and then a big punch to the person sitting next to him and with that he got up and walked out of the service. He didn't come back to the service that night, but the next day there was a knock on the door. There stood his wife sobbing, crying. We invited her in. She said, my husband has sent me to tell you that he is never coming back to church again. That he decided in yesterday morning service that he did not need church. That he was going to be a good family man. He was going to raise his children. He was going to take care of the house and the home and be a good husband. Take his tithes and put it in a special fund for their education. And he said, further for me to tell you and she was sobbing not to come and try to talk him out of it so he said that he didn't go but when that last day of the cap meeting came around he knew that he had to go and he couldn't hardly wait till he got home this was what he was telling me and he said i went to that young man's home i was invited in and i said to him young man you cannot be a good family man, nor a good husband, nor a good father without church and without God. Amen. And the young man smiled and said, oh, Brother Johnson, don't worry about me. I'm going to make it all right. No, I don't need you, nor God, nor the church. And so... Brother Johnson said the spirit of anointing came upon him and he said to that young man what he did not plan to say. He said, let me tell you about a man in the Old Testament that thought he did not need God. But his hair grew out like bird feathers and his nails grew out like the claws and he was sent out into the field to eat like the beast and the animals of the field. Oh, he said, don't worry about me. I'll make it all right. 
So he left. The man didn't come back to church, but in a few weeks, the good family man and the good husband found him another woman. Left his wife and his children and his pretty little house that he had just freshly painted and his beautifully manicured yard forgot about his trust fund of tithing for his children's education, left with the other woman. The poor wife had to take the children and go back to her parents. And uh, so it was that one day the pastor was standing out in front of the church and he said the man drove past in his automobile and his hair had grown out long to his shoulders. Oh, it wasn't feathers. He didn't see his nails, but he said his eyes were big and glassy and staring as if he could stare a hole through him. And he drove on past. And he said he's never been back. Now I'm here to tell you tonight that that story stirred me. I know that what happened to that young man did not happen in that one service. But it came to a culmination in that service. It was a propounding of several things through the days and weeks until he came to the conclusion in that morning service something happened. He came in by the north gate and he went out by the north gate and he missed what that service would or could have done for him. Amen. I don't know how you've come to this camp meeting, but it could have be or it could be possible that you have compounded several attitudes that will come to a given point in this service tonight. Amen. You will either climb higher or you will leave on a lower ebb and degree. This is not, friend, just another service. We have already witnessed the powerful move of his presence. And if you have come in by the north gate, please go all the way through and go out by the south gate. Or if perchance you've come in by the south gate, please go all the way through and go out by the north gate. Because you need to rise to a different height and another plateau in God this night. This night. This night. Hear me. I'm talking to you and I'm talking to myself. Though I've had the Holy Ghost for 40 years, there's something in this service tonight that I need, that I've got to have. Amen. But you're not going to get it by just sitting back there looking on. Amen. It never was intended that we Pentecostals be mere spectators. Never was intended. Oh no! From the back to the front, from the side to the side, 
you've got to get right involved. Don't let it be said by anybody in this camp meeting that I can't get anything out of the service sitting on the back seat because there's so much that goes on back there to distract me that I can't even hear what the preacher's saying. Don't let it ever be said that in any of our churches that there's so much commotion and talking and going in and out that happens in our services that those that have to sit on the back cannot get something out of it. I want you to know this place is filled with the presence of God. And it ought to be that everybody, wherever you are, will get something out of it. Amen. If you don't get involved, you'll leave tonight as untouched as you came. And God, God help you. God help you. We live in a soft society. I tell you, it's a soft day that we live. I see you fanning out there. I know you want it to be colder in here because you're so acclimated to coldness until you are uncomfortable. Amen. My wife, after this camp meeting's over, we go back home and that automatic washer and dryer, she's gonna rub her hand over her forehead and she's gonna say, four loads. Amen. All she's got to do is put them in and push a button. We live in a soft day, a soft society. And out of this soft society, we draw people into the church of the living God. And with them, they are prone to bring their soft attitudes. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I'm going to get myself off of the hook tonight. If you're one of those soft ones, your attitude is going to be this. And let me tell you exactly. You're sitting out there saying, feed me, preacher. Preach me a nice sermon or I'm going to criticize you. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. Preaching, the Word of God, the work of God was never meant to be judged by mere humanity. Tell me, Brother Becton, that was a good message. You don't have the ability, nor do I, to know whether it was good or not. Praise God, because there might be just one person 
that needed it and you may not have needed it as bad and you thought that I was preaching to the wind but that person needed it and needed it to be saved. Amen. And besides that, if you could criticize me, I could criticize you. And so we're going to make a bargain tonight. You're not going to criticize me, and I'm not going to criticize you. Because we're all going to get in on this. of church anymore and listen to me is the place to go and observe and decide whether you like it or not. All right. Now I know what I'm talking about. I haven't been in this this long for nothing. Hear me. That's right. You're already forming your opinions. You can't wait till you get into the dormitories or your motel rooms. Amen. And decide whether you like it or not. Amen. That was never, never, never God's plan. It's not ours to judge. Whether we like what's happening, we are supposed to be making the good things happen. Yes, God. I say we're supposed to be making the good things happen. Praise God. Praise God. I believe that. Hallelujah. I, I said I wasn't going to tell this again, but uh, let me tell it to you. Amen. You know, sometimes in Pentecostal services, an individual might get out uh, of order. I don't ever worry about that. Because I can always, you know, if it's in my church, I can take care of it. But one Sunday morning, uh, we had a lady that kind of got out of order. But it didn't last long. And uh, it was all over. And so uh, after the service was over, a fine young lady, Holy Ghost Phil, came up to me and said, uh, I, I don't know whether I'll get my husband back in service tonight or not. And he was Holy Ghost filled and I was flabbergasted. I didn't know what she was talking about. I said, well, what do you mean? And uh, she said, well, he didn't like what went on a little while ago. And, and uh, he, uh, he, he just probably won't come back tonight. I didn't know what to say to her at that moment, but I went home and, and uh, I began to, to kind of get a slow burn. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, long late in the evening, my wife and I was sitting there, and I was, uh, as usual, very, very quiet, thinking on what I was going to preach. 
she was, I think, reading the paper. All of a sudden, I jumped up to my feet and I said, you, I'm talking to you. I said, we've got too many sitting around qualifying the shouters. I said, I know you, if you and the likes of you will get up and let God have his way, you'll hide all of those disqualified and I won't have to do anything about it. ever since. Hallelujah. But it's the truth in our staid, formal, ritualistic services. People who have been in it for a long, long time, they think they know all the answers. And they qualify those that get up and do anything in their mind and they don't do anything themselves. I was up, I was up in a certain district here a few months ago and uh, I, I got kind of beside myself preaching and I want you to know I had myself a time. Amen. And uh, the next morning at the breakfast table, several ministers were gathered around, and, and uh, one of them said to me, Brother Beckton, he said, you know, I believe, I believe everything that you said last night, but he said, don't you kind of feel like that once you've been in Pentecost for a little while, you begin to mature? Oh, mercy. And you kind of get settled down. You know, he said, he said it's kind of like uh, uh, the honeymoon. He said, when you, when you come off of the honeymoon and settle down to everyday living, I said, well, speak for yourself, brother. I said, you know what? You remind me of what Irma Bombeck said about her husband. She said he had reached the metallic age. He had silver in his hair and gold in his teeth 
and led in his seat. silver in my hair and a little gold in my teeth but I want you to know after 40 years I have not sat down yet amen praise God it has never lost its thrill you know what worship is Let me tell you what it is. We say it so lightly, Sunday morning worship service. We're going to have Wednesday night Bible study and worship service. Come on, folks, let's worship the Lord. We say it so lightly till we really don't know. But a man that never had the experience that you and I have, that authored a book called The Dictionary. He said, worship is homage, respect paid, honor, reverence. Now listen to this, attitude and activity designed to recognize and describe the worth of the person to which the homage is addressed. Oh God, I'm not trying to impress anybody. But I just want to show you what I think you're worth. Yeah. How can I show you, God, what I think you're worth? By just sitting stonily faith? Not clapping my hands, not moving an eyebrow, just sitting, staring straight ahead. Oh God, I want you to know by my attitude and my activity what I think you are worth. When I reach that point, I can't, I don't know what to do. I don't want to show you what I think he's worth, but I want to show him what I think about him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. 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 You know what the posture of worship is? Constant movement. Yes. 
constant movement. John saw four creatures, four creatures in the book of Revelation. And the scripture said, they rest not day and night. Means that they constantly are moving. Yes. They rest not day and night. And what are they doing? They are crying, holy, 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 Lord. God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Go into a heathen temple, and I've been into the Shinto temple, I've been into the Buddhist temple. There's constant movement. They are constantly burning incense or moving or playing with rosaries or beads or something. Amen. But come into a Pentecostal service and uh, there we sit. Amen. When we are the only ones that really know God in the right way. Amen. And we should be constantly, constantly, constantly moving in our worship. And I praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go to the Wailing Wall. Go to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. You'll see the Orthodox Jews. They're constantly moving back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. Let me tell you something. Oh my God, my God, the posture of worship is constant. They rested not, not, nor day. They rested not, night nor day. They didn't be still, night nor day.
God. Praise God. Sit down if you can. Just for another moment, I got something else to tell you. Amen. Praise God. Nowhere in the Bible do I read where you have to keep your eyes shut when you get a blessing. <laughs> I know that it's an atmosphere of sacredness to shut your eyes, but when you start running around this building, keep your eyes open. Because we don't want anybody to get hurt. Amen. And we are just in our frames that are tended and prone to get hurt. Praise God. And everything is done in decency and order, just like we've already had. But you don't have to worship with your eyes closed. You say, well, then that's not the spirit of the Lord. I don't read anywhere in the Bible where a thunderbolt of lightning has to strike you. It's already there. It's already there. If you've got the Holy Ghost within you, you've got more than a thunderbolt. You've got more than a, a thunderbolt. Amen. You've got that power within you. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. Glory. My God, my God, my God. Shout your hair down. Pull your shoes off. Whatever you want to do. Amen. You're not showing me anything. Amen. You are showing God how much you love him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, sit down again. You're so nice and obedient. I'm going to try to close here in, in the next few minutes if I can you talk about preach man dear God don't tell me that Amen. Man, amen, 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 amen. Ooh. Hallelujah. 
was at a camp meeting a week, a week or so ago up in North, uh, South Dakota. One of our missionaries was there from uh, Madagascar. And he and his wife sang a song for us in the Madagascar lang language. And then, then they showed us what the people of Madagascar, how they worship. And without, there wasn't any, any uh, unusual move of anything, but they both just began to dance as they sang. You say, oh, that's getting in the flesh. Well, what else are you going to dance in? Now wait a minute! Don't 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 worry about getting out of order, cause it, we got we got we got the whole board back up here. Amen. And I'm not advocating anything that is unscriptural. But I'm telling you what: we have sat too long. Amen. And I conclude my message to you tonight by telling you how important outward manifestations are. You want to hear? Okay. I'm going to give you a Bible. I'm going to show you exactly. All of you unemotional, frigid air, cold, Cause that's me. That's me. You thought when I stepped to this pulpit tonight, that's the most unemotional person I've ever seen, and you, you, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So I'm in sympathy with all of you unemotionals. But I had to learn how important outward manifestations are. Okay, okay. You want me to tell you? All right, it's scripture now. Okay. Back in the book of 2 Kings, the 13th chapter. Israel was in the hands of Syria. Because they had done evil in the sight of God. Elisha, the man of God, the scripture said, had fallen sick of his sickness. Whereof he died. He was, he was in his sick bed, death bed. When, jo when Joash, the king of Israel, came down and fell across his bed and wept over his face, the king said to him, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're in the hands of the Syrians. 
and you're dying, what are we going to do? Elisha said, all right. I want you to take a bow and arrows. And I want you to open the window eastward and shoot. Well, Joash immediately grabbed some bows, a bow and arrow, and he, and he opened the window eastward and he shot. And Elisha said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. Amen. Then he said, take just arrows now, just arrows, and smite upon the ground. And he smoked three times and stopped. And you know what? The man of God was wroth. If you don't know what wroth means, that's just mad. Angry. Well, Elisha, what were you angry about? He called Joash back to him and said, You should have smitten five or six times. You didn't tell me how many times. You just said smite the ground. The Lord's not going to tell you right. every move to make. But he wants whatever he tells you to do, yes. to do it with so much enthusiasm until you won't count. One, yes. two, three. That's the system. One, two, three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Three songs and a prayer. Yeah. One, two, three. He said, you should have spitten the ground. Yeah. Just kept on smiting it. And now, because you only smote the ground three times, that's just how many times you're going to defeat Syria. But if you would have smitten more, you would have utterly consumed them. Yes. Yes. Now, if the Lord tells you to smite the ground, You'd better get some enthusiasm into it. Because outward emotions and outward manifestations in this story spelled out defeat after the third time. Amen. Now I've got some enemies in the spirit that I'd like to know that they were utterly defeated. Amen. I don't want them just defeated three times. 
So if you see me going around doing something that might seem a little unusual and not stopping with just one, two, three, you know that I am going to see to it that my enemies are utterly, utterly, utterly defeated. Don't stop with just one round. Amen. Come on around. Amen. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. stand together. Let's all stand together. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. Oh. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Ooh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Beckton, what about that scripture that says, Be still and know that I am the Lord. You do that at home. Yeah. No, there are some times in services when we are still. But I'm telling you tonight, the other side of the coin, we Pentecostals have lost out to those who have got the spirit but not the truth. And we have the truth and we need the spirit. Amen. And I don't think there's much of it lacking around here. Amen. Because we are going to have, we're going to have spirit and truth. Amen. And we're going to utterly defeat our enemies. We're going to utterly defeat the Syrians. Because we're going to go around and around and around. in our attitude that we think you're the greatest the highest Jehovah God Almighty oh Lord 
We want to do it. We got to do it. Because the enemies of our souls are out there waiting for us to leave one thing undone so they can come in and defeat us. But we're going all the way through from the north gate to the south gate. From the south gate to the north gate. We're going all the way through. My God. Yea, for I have accepted your praise and your worship because I have found in you a clean heart. And I will now do for you what you have petitioned from me to do. Because you have dared to worship me in spite of your tiredness and your weariness, in spite of your burdens and the heat of the day, I, the Lord God, will walk up and down in your soul. And ye shall not fear the enemy, for I will be about you, even as a great fortress. And that that you have brought with you to this meeting, you shall not carry away. For I have lifted that load, and the burden is gone. For I have taken care of that need. And ye shall see in the days to come that I, the Lord God, love you dearly. For I am not far from you, but I am in the midst of my people. And all you need do is touch me as I pass by. For in touching me, I will allow virtue to flow into you, and your needs will be met. Yea, I say unto thee, I, the Lord God, will meet every, every petition that you have asked of me in my will. For I am delighted because you have demonstrated to me that you love me and you love no one else beside me. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Yes, leave it there. Amen. If you will do a further thing tonight and step out from where you are standing. 
whoever you are, with whatever need you have, and bring it through the crowd down to the rustling of the hem of his garment, and you can touch him tonight. Amen. He will do for you what he said he would do. I beg of you to come with whatever need you have, with whatever burden you've brought, with whatever load that you're carrying. If you are in need of God tonight, especially those who do not have the Holy Ghost baptism. Amen. Oh God, this is the first night. This is the first night. Amen. Amen. Will you come?